Welcome to Charity Talks. I'm Brooke Tanevsky, and today I spoke with Brooke Haggerty, the Executive Director of Faunalytics. As you'll hear, Faunalytics empowers animal advocates by providing them with access to research and strategies that maximize their effectiveness in reducing animal suffering. It does so by conducting essential research, maintaining an online research library, and directly supporting advocates and organizations. The data it offers also helps people think about and respond to advocacy, providing advocates with the best strategies to inspire change for animals. I think you'll really enjoy hearing what Brooke discussed and how Faunalytics is making a difference in so many areas of animal welfare. Welcome to Charity Talks. I'm Brooke Denevsky, and today I'm speaking with Brooke Haggerty, the Executive Director of Faunalytics. Brooke, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So to start, can you talk a little bit about yourself, your background, and how you came to Faunalytics? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So my name is Brooke Haggerty. I'm the Executive Director of Faunalytics, and I've been with the organization since about 2018, uh, shortly after Prop 12 passed here in the United States. And my background is in nonprofit management. I've been an animal advocate my entire life uh, and my entire career. And uh, my background is in uh, nonprofit management, fundraising, operations, all the important things that make the work animal advocates do possible. So um, I became involved in animal advocacy in college uh, on a more serious level and really just felt very connected to the movement, uh, the goals to reduce suffering of animals around the world really spoke to me. And in college, I studied human behavior. And so Faunalytics is like the perfect blend of my passions. We're an animal protection organizations, but we're focused on the human side of what we're dealing with. How are we going to figure out how to inspire change in people to make the world a better place for animals? And that's what Faunalytics is all about. So I've been with the group for a few years and I feel very fortunate to be a part of such uh, an important organization. You just really addressed it even, but can you share what Faunalytics' mission is and really just the central core of it all? Absolutely. So our mission is to empower animal advocates with research strategies, messages that maximize their effectiveness to reduce animal suffering. So what does that mean? (laughs) In other words, we help save animals by helping animal advocates be as effective as possible. So we conduct and share research in order to inform animal protection campaigns to make sure that we're being as effective and strategic with our choices as we possibly can. Yeah, I think it's definitely a really interesting and novel approach to this issue of animal welfare. And so it's really fascinating. Absolutely. You know, back, uh, you know, 10, 20 years ago, I don't think people really thought about using data to make smaller decisions or even bigger ones. You know, it's more, we're passionate about animal welfare. We know that these animals need to be treated uh, humanely in much better ways than we currently treat animals. How do we get there? And research is is the guiding light, if you will, kind of shining away for us. Speaking of some of this research, I know that Faunalytics has some really fascinating original research. And so can you discuss some of these impactful studies you've been doing or maybe even one you're really excited about that's currently going on? 
Sure. Gosh, it's so hard to pick just <laughs> one, of course. I'll I'll share our details about one we just published and uh, how about one that's coming up. Uh, we have been doing some really exciting research to help support campaigns for chicken and fish welfare. So in terms of the sheer number of lives lost, chickens and fish are slaughtered at such high numbers that anything we can do to help chicken and fish welfare uh, advocates, the better and, and the more impactful that will be. So we've been producing a ton of studies related to beliefs about chickens and fishes around the world and what uh, people think and are willing to do in order to support animals. So whether that's reducing their consumption of animal products or signing a petition in support of uh, welfare change for animals. Uh, so we've done research on this topic in the United States, Canada, Brazil, Mexico, India, and China. And I'm really excited about it because it's so important to have that foundational knowledge before we go in and start advocating for change what do people even know about these animals? What do they uh, agree to? What are what are the facts that they're aware of or not aware of? You know, if you're moving forward on trying to increase the space requirements for egg-laying hens, for example, do people in the country you're working even agree that that's something that's important? You know, so having this foundational knowledge is something I'm very excited about. And I'm particularly pleased that we've been able to broaden our research outside of the United States and Canada so that we can bring this info to more advocates. And uh, in terms of research that's coming up, I'm really excited about a study we're doing this year that's going to look at state-by-state -state reactions to potential legislative changes. So thinking about how are we as a movement going to get welfare legislation passed? One of the biggest hurdles is, of course, politicians, uh, but they can also be a big partner. So we're going to do uh, polling data in probably about 10 key states to figure out what uh, initiatives are tractable and also to have data to bring to lawmakers to say, look, people support this kind of stuff. They want better conditions for animals and for farmed animals. So that study is probably going to look at farmed animals and wildlife issues, uh, but I'm really excited to see what happens. I think it'll be a very meaningful study for legislative advocates in the space. Yeah, definitely. And it's interesting how, you know, as you're saying all these different things you're doing, it really seems like you work both locally and globally, of course, within the states and on a more international level. So what has that balance kind of been like for you? What's your experience? been like? Oh, I love that question. So we started off doing a lot of work in the United States and we, uh, our team is half of us are in the United States, half of us are Canada. So doing research in these countries is very uh, natural for lack of better word to our organization. Um, and that's kind of how it started, not exclusively, but that's where a lot of our research is focused. But, you know, animal advocates know that suffering is global, unfortunately. You know, we have a resource in our library called our Global Slaughter Statistics, and it shows just how many animals are slaughtered each and every year and in what countries and the numbers per capita and things like that. And we can't address these issues in one country. <laughs> and so uh, Faunalytics is really trying to broaden the resources we offer to people around the world. Um, we're doing better about having some of our resources translated into other languages. I'm really excited about all that. And I'm just hopeful that we can serve as a resource to more animal advocates. Yeah. And can you tell us about some of these resources that Faunalytics provides to animal advocates? 
Yes, I would be happy to. So Faunalytics has three kind of core programs. We have our original research, our research library, and our research support program. So our original research are studies that we conduct in-house, if you will. It's research that we uh, do from start to finish. We choose the topic, uh, you know, we go through the process, we publish it, it's our research. And uh, those studies, we conduct a few a year, a few, you know, five to six to, to seven or so a year. And they are selected very uh, methodically and thoughtfully with a goal to have them be as impactful as possible. And so uh, our original research program is uh, kind of our, our flagship program, if you will. Our longest running program is actually our research library. So we have an online library of over 4,500 external study summaries. So what that means is we have a collection of research that other people have published related to animal welfare, and that's on any topic, farmed animals, wild animals, companion animals, et cetera. And we summarize important research for advocates because we know not everybody has hours and hours and hours to spend uh, reading very exciting uh, but long research papers. So we do that for them and put together summaries uh, kind of highlighting the important data that people uh, should know and recommendations to walk away with. So our library has a big free collection of research available there. We also do uh, visual resources in case reading is not necessarily your best uh, learning mechanism. We have videos called our Faunalytics Explains videos that do the same thing as our library summaries just in video format. And then we have our Faunalytics Fundamentals, which are our visual infographics that cover really key topics, you know, companion animals, wild animals, ocean life, things like that, uh, all in one place so that people can get a really in-depth primer on these issues. So that's uh, a sneak peek of our library. And then our final program that people might not know about, but we think is just as important, would be our research support program. So that is where we help advocates apply research to their campaigns, or really that's where our research leaves the desk or leaves the drawer and, and goes and makes change for, for animals. So we have a free office hours program where advocates can come and talk to us one-on-one -on -one about whatever you want. If you need help finding data, if you want to conduct your own research, things like that. And then we have a big research advice resource center on our website. So uh, all of our, our work that I've shared is, is free to animal advocates. So that's, that's the core of what we do. We we're a behind the scenes organization and we're all about just serving the animal protection movement. That's great. And I know you talked about a lot of different really interesting aspects of your research. One that I was just curious about was, can you tell us more about research related to companion animals? Yeah. So my background before I came to Faunalytics, I actually worked for a companion animal organization. Oh. So uh, certainly near and dear to my heart. In terms of what we provide for companion animal advocates, we don't do as much original research on companion animal topics simply because the impact isn't as significant um, as it could be when we focus on farmed animal uh, topics. So that's, again, just the sheer scale and volume of the issue um, of farmed animal suffering. Um, but we do also conduct studies on meta topics or what we consider research that we think will be helpful to most animal advocates, not just one group. And so we've done some donor studies, uh, a line of research looking at the people who support animal causes. And we learned a lot of helpful information through that study that I think companion animals will benefit from, uh, mostly because most people 
who donate to animal causes donate to companion animal yeah. causes. Um, but something we learned in that study is that that's probably out of familiarity, not necessarily out of preference. So a lot of information for companion animal advocates in that study, uh, but more so I would point them to our research library. We have about a thousand articles in our research library covering companion animal issues. So that could be animal welfare, adoptions, shelter statistics, breed-specific legis legislation, uh, TNR, spay and neuter, uh, animal-assisted therapy, you name it. So we have a ton of resources available in our library, as well as our companion animal fundamentals. So that's where I would have people start. Great. And just another sort of topic that I thought was worth mentioning was obviously the ethics of animal use in medical research is a huge mm. issue, and it's very challenging. And I know various cultures are approaching these ethical questions differently. So can you just discuss some of these maybe differences among cultures or how it Phonolytics is helping animal advocates recognizing them and just this general issue. Yeah, yeah. And I appreciate you bringing that up because I think sometimes animals used in research and science um, are often overlooked uh, compared to other animals. But I mean, I think we all know that various cultures approach pretty much every ethical <laughs> Uh, question differently, no matter what the topic is. Um, and not just cultures, people within a culture, right? So even if you are, are part of the same culture, if you're a, an older woman or a younger male, things like that, you could bring a much different perspective. So um, you're absolutely right. There are differences in um, approaching these hard topics all over the world. Um, in terms of animals used for research, we do know that many people across many countries do believe that animals have the ability to suffer. Um, that's something that is uh, more common versus less common. Um, but different societies may have different, you know, viewpoints beyond that. So, for example, um, some people believe that it's that research on animals is necessary for medical advancement. So that uh, point of view might be more common in Western countries or in Eastern countries, there might be a thought that uh, there's a hierarchy that places humans ahead of animals, uh, justifying the need, you know, quote, need uh, to use animals in experiments. So you have these different kind of, uh, you might have similar baseline thoughts, but then different reasons once you get yeah. into the nuance of, of uh, what we're talking about. And it's a little scary as you dive in deeper to the data, you know, for example, a lot of countries agree versus disagree with the idea that uh, rodents and insects are kind of acceptable to experiment on versus say larger bodied animals like primates or uh, dogs. And that's problematic because rodents, right? Uh, rats and mice and insects, and I believe birds aren't covered by the Animal Welfare Act in the United States. So that's 20 million some animals uh, that are being experimented on that people think yeah, these are the animals we should experiment on if we're going to at all. So anyway, lots lots of different beliefs yeah. across countries. Some differ, some some uh, the same. But this is where it comes back to the resources we yeah, offer. Exactly. When you are doing outreach and you, um, if you are trying to make change for uh, research, animals used in research, what does the research say about what people think about this? Mm -hmm. If you were lobbying for change, do you have data that shows that most people disagree with this as being acceptable? Things like that. And so something, no matter the topic we've learned, is that there's no one-size-fits-all approach. Uh, no matter what culture you're in, no matter where you're at, your advocacy, to the best of your ability, should be tailored based on whom you're speaking to. So it's definitely 
the best strategy to go in as informed as possible. You know, check out the research. What does the data say? What do the people think? Um, what are the facts? And then go into your campaign being a little bit more prepared. And when you have a general knowledge of what the public thinks, it's it's a little bit easier to make change, I'd say. Yeah, of course. And I mean, these are very big questions, obviously, and you could have a whole conversation on it. But I, do, <laughs> yeah. I know, but it is just good to just realize that what you guys are doing is you are providing resources and you're making it so that people can continue that sort of conversation. Yeah, exactly. We're trying, whether it's continuing it, starting it, finishing it, um, you know, I think research is an important part of these conversations and animal protection. So uh, one step at a time, one stat at a time, Exactly. <laughs> arming the movement with information. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. And I know that like also another aspect of what you're doing is you make such a big impact within your fields. And so I'm a really strong advocate of using data to inform how nonprofits should spend its dollars. And this is really where Faunalytics shines. And so what do you do to ensure that you're using your financial resources as effectively as possible and, you know, making that really big impact? Yeah, what a great question. And, and thank you for your kind words there. So there's kind of uh, the boring answer and then a more exciting <laughs> example that I can give you. Um, so we, as a nonprofit, I think as most nonprofits could say, is we are very careful about how we spend our money. You know, we we have a relationship with people who support, our, who support us in a different way than for-profit companies do. You know, people trust us when they donate to our organization that we're going to produce high-quality valuable research and resources. And so we, it's, that's very important that we honor that and um, honor our mission. And so it's always on a nonprofit's mind. How do we, how do we save money? How do we use it effectively? And we do a lot of in, internal cost analysis work. Um, you know, it's not the exciting stuff. It's the spreadsheet stuff, but figuring out, okay, what is this program costing us? What is this resource costing us? How many people are we reaching this? Um, what examples of impact um, do we know or uh, do we believe this research is having? Um, things like that. It's, it's, I think, really important for us to have a sense of what each thing we do costs within our core programs because we can make adjustments as needed. And really, like you said, make sure we're using every dollar uh, effectively. But we also have the uh, good fortune of having an informal external cost analysis done for us every year we get reviewed by animal charity evaluators and animal charity evaluators takes cost effectiveness very serious yeah. uh, seriously rightfully and so ace does their review and they have a whole cost effectiveness section so that's a really great opportunity for us to compare our cost analysis work with a third parties and and kind of have that check on us we we really appreciate but Something fun, I think a, a more exciting answer to your question is uh, one example is our research prioritization process. So this is a multi-step process in which we select the studies that we are going to undertake in a given year. And we have multiple stages where we get input from animal advocates, we get input from different stakeholders, we scope uh, the campaigns in the movement, what are people working on, what's important to us, uh, what are some of the major organizations trying to accomplish in the year to come. And that is how we slowly funnel down to the original research studies that we tackle each year. And that I think is a really exciting way that we use our resources effectively. You know, we can only do so many studies a year. We would love to do a hundred a year if we had the means to, but we have to use our resources very carefully 
and we have to choose our studies wisely. So that has enabled us to make sure that our research is used by more advocates, uh, ultimately meaning more change for animals. So that's one example, uh, again, a more exciting example of how we make sure that we're being fiscally responsible. Great. And another question that obviously I'm sure you could talk a lot about, but do you have any specific personal experiences about the positive impact that Faunalytics has had either locally or globally or just anything that's really stuck with you? Yeah, so every year we conduct a community survey. So it's an annual survey of uh, our stakeholders to figure out how they are using our research, uh, what they value, how they apply it to their work. And it's always really exciting to read about the first hand examples of how our research has transformed from words on a page into change. I know that one example is a corporate campaigns uh, manager shared with us that they used our study on corporate commitments to show these companies that this is good. Like the public will react in a positive way if you make these changes. You know, you don't need to be afraid of uh, being viewed unfavorably. It's a good thing. And another advocate shared that they used our study on advocate retention and turnover in the movement in order to audit their organization, uh, to do an HR audit in terms of their culture and and how they're taking care of their staff against uh, the greater movement. And so that was really exciting to read about because a lot of our work uh, is for forward-facing advocacy or front-facing advocacy, you know, corporate corporate outreach, individual outreach, legislative campaigns. And it's just as important to take care of advocates doing all this work and the people behind the scenes making this stuff possible. So knowing that our advocate retention study has been used is really meaningful to me. And we also know that uh, not just advocates and organizations, but also funders in the space have used our research. For example, our animal product impact scales, which shows which animal products consumed every day in the United States lead to the most suffering. Some investment funders have used that in terms of thinking about what like all protein startup companies to support things like that. So those are a few examples. Uh, It's really just the best part of our day when we hear back from someone saying, hey, this is how I use your work and this is what it meant for me. Uh, And we're actually working really hard to try to do better at conveying that to the public, at showing uh, and illustrating these examples of uh, how our work has led to change. It's, It's very exciting. Yeah, I imagine. And I think that after hearing this, a lot of people will be interested in what you do. And so how can those who want to help best do so? Well, thank you for asking. We always appreciate that. Biggest thing you can do for me is subscribe to our newsletter. Uh, The Faunalytics team wants to keep you informed. And if you sign up for our newsletter, you won't miss any of the latest animal protection research, animal advocacy research, and you can even customize your settings based on what animals or animal issues you are passionate about. So subscribe to our newsletters to stay up to date on all the important research Um, We are also accepting volunteers for our research library. So if you are passionate about reading research and writing about it, uh, get in touch with us. We'd love for you to volunteer as a writer uh, for our research library. It's a lot of fun and you can work from home and uh, contribute. Uh, We also have some swag, some new merch. So if you find yourself wanting to uh, rock some gear that says you love data and animals, we have uh, the inventory for you. And last but not least, if you have the means, uh, we would love your support. Uh, Making a donation is the best way to support our work, to enable us to do more of the work we're doing. 
And every gift, no matter how big, no matter how small, it means a lot to us. We're still a small organization. We're a small but mighty team. And your support goes a long way. And ultimately, it has a ripple effect for the rest of the movement. So uh, thank you in advance. We really do appreciate any support you're able to give. And so lastly, is there anything else you'd like to add or maybe reiterate about your work or what you do or really anything, any final thoughts? Uh, Yeah, just thank you for having me. I'm really delighted to tell your listeners more about our important work. And my last thought is that we're here to support you. If you are an animal advocate, and that is a broad definition, you know, if you are someone working in some way or another on making this world a better place for animals, we want to support you. So stop by our website, stop by our office hours, come and say hi to us. If you have suggestions for research topics we should consider, come and tell us. Really, we want to hear Uh, what you think of our work, and we want to be the best we can be for you. So for all of our incredible animal advocates out there, we're here to help you. Come talk to Faunalytics and say hi. Great. Well, thank you again. Absolutely. Thanks, Brooke.